And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear that couple shouting, it's Dainer and Jay. It's Dainer and Jay. Welcome to this edition of Hear That Podcast, Growl, and Paul Ainer Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you on a night where the Cincinnati Bengals get a huge, monumental victory over the Los Angeles Rams, 16-7 to here at Paycor Stadium. Well, it wasn't monumental at all, Jay, but it happened, so we're here to talk about it. Sweet, sweet revenge from the Super Bowl. I'm sure sure (laughs) Bengals fans wouldn't trade this. They wouldn't trade the two. Uh, So normally in these things, we sit here and uh, we'll break down what went right, what went wrong, what it means for the future. And uh, we're only going to do one of those three today uh, because – this was a day where you had all the backups out here playing and really some of the backups not playing. This was about giving the guys on the very back end of this roster that are either fighting for a roster spot or fighting to maybe get noticed by another team a chance to go play. Uh, Notables that – I mean, Dax Hill has played the first two weeks. He didn't play tonight. Cordell Volson obviously had played. He did not play tonight. Uh, Wrote this earlier uh, on Friday – Look, the Cordell Volson wrapped yep. over. It was a wrap before tonight, um, you know, unofficially because they never would officially say anything like that. But we knew that this was Zach Taylor. This is Jackson Carmen's chance tonight to get the reps in that he missed last week because of COVID. But look, it, it, if they were still wondering, uh, he would have gotten some reps during the course of this week. Uh he didn't with the first team. It was Cordell Volson with the first team all week, and he sat tonight because that's his job, and we know it's his job, and that's been over. Uh, Carmen came out tonight and didn't play particularly well. So there's a number of different things that were going on in this game. But what we want to talk about, because roster cuts are coming at 4 o'clock on Tuesday, or by 4 o'clock on Tuesday, Jay will be spreadsheeting and grinding to try to get you the whole thing <laughs> before any of the team ever announces it, so you can make sure you follow for that. But we want to go through position by position, and uh, we'll talk about where it stands, a little bit of a sprinkle of tonight's action inside of each one. We're going to go through the 53-man roster, which Jay has up uh, on the site right now, The Athletic, in case you don't know what you're listening to. Um, Hope you'll subscribe. And uh, and we're just going to talk through it. How do we we feel about that? We like it? Yeah. I mean, the the Carmen thing tonight, he – it wasn't just the Bengals; it was the Rams too. They were not playing anyone of major significance, and you you said it did not go well for him. He had a penalty, gave up a sack, had a couple plays where he got pushed around. Just really kind of stunning. I, I put in the piece that it's a long shot, but it's not out of the question that they they just cut bait with him. I mean, it's been one disappointment after another. You wonder uh, he's still a. a 
on a rookie contract in his second year. So that's why it would be a long shot, but you just don't know where things stand. Uh, Frank Pollock, though, in his corner, at least you know, in one regard today, because he got after the play, he got Karma got put on his back, and Frank Pollock was not at all happy and ran out and started chewing at an official. Uh, ended up getting a 15 yard penalty. So that's a, a coach sticking up for his guy. But I, I still, I, I, it's it's surprising to see he's had two years now chances to win this job and uh, has, has failed to, to follow through both times. Um, it's. He, I, I've got him on the 53, but again, it's it's not totally out of the question that something happens. So that's a great place to start. Let's start with yeah. the offensive line. I mean, look, the, you you ex, I think you expect their, them to keep 10. They don't have to keep 10. Right. I mean, you're talking about they, they can keep less, and, and it could be an area where they look for somebody on a waiver wire or make some kind of trade. The, the thing that's to Carmen's advantage here in staying on the roster, which got – can you believe we're sitting here and we're discussing whether he'll make the roster when you consider what you thought this might look like before things started? The thing playing new is advantage is the entire league is without offensive line depth. The entire league is doing things like last year when the Giants took on Billy Price and gave up B.J. Hill because it's just so hard to find anybody that's played offensive line in this league and has any kind of hope or future. Um, I don't. This was obviously an awful month for Jackson Carmen. There is no doubt about that. But the lack of anything out there. Now, maybe maybe you call a Quentin Spain. Maybe you call a John Miller or some, some vet that's out there and say, look, do you want to come make a million dollars and be our backup guard? And maybe not even be active some of the time, but you're there. And do you trust that more than Carmen? And are you willing to cut with somebody that, heck, maybe the light comes on for Carmen at some point this year or next offseason? Are you still willing to hang around for that? I mean, to cut a guy – now we're seeing this happen with Alex Leatherwood with the Raiders right now. Who the Raiders have said, we're going to cut or trade Alex Leatherwood. But mm-hmm. there – you have a new regime yeah. Coming in, who they didn't draft that guy. They didn't. They didn't put a chip down on that guy, and so they're looking to just move on. But Leatherwood was a first round pick last year, so I I still think he makes the team primarily for the reason of it's just so hard to find anybody, mm-hmm. even to sit on the to sit on the back of your roster that has any kind of pedigree or hope. The, the, the Spain thing is interesting because. We, you know, we all saw him tweet the picture of the Cincinnati skyline um, during the preseason opener. It, it, this wasn't a case back in the spring of them saying, uh, thanks for your time, but we're going to go in a different direction. They said if he wanted to come back on a league minimum deal and compete for the job, he could. And he elected not to, to, to try to sign somewhere else in free agency. And that obviously never happened. So maybe now he sees a chance to – now I don't know if the Bengals' posture has changed since and there's a lot of time has passed in that. But if, if that – option is still out there there's a chance to come here and maybe not compete for a starting job at this point it's volson's job but win a ring win a roster spot make another big big another bunch of checks in a, in a year um we'll see where that goes but um again it's it, it's interesting it's interesting it's still 
out there. So you're, when you talk about, though, you know, you say Jonah Williams, Cordell Volson, Ted Karras, yeah. Alice Capilel, Collins, we know. Backups, you know, Trey Hill has done really well. And so he can be your center or guard who's up on game day with Isaiah Prince, if healthy, as a tackle. Or Akeem Adeniji, who you know can play guard or tackle. And Adeniji has come in and done mm-hmm. fairly well. And he played some tonight, and then they took him out. Yeah, um, They gave him a little bit more reps. They didn't make him play the entire game. Deontay Smith, you know, has had a bunch of penalties, and there's been some rough moments. Um, if you're talking about if you're going to have eight up, you're going to have seven up, whatever, on game day, um, those are probably your group. I mean, I think Carmen would probably be inactive. Uh, behind a hill identity combo probably of people that could come in and and play guard but we'll again we'll see how it all plays out if they keep 10 you're looking at hill prince smith carmen identity um I don't, you know, some of these we get into injuries with some of the these guys. Like, okay, is this going to be a? You can pull a guy through on the fifty three, and then after that, you can put them on IR designated to return, which we know is it's only three weeks now. You yeah. can have as many as you want, so you could see if it was a prince or somebody who you you got the injury that's going to continue to linger. He could make the fifty three, pull him through IR return, and then you could bring somebody else up or somebody in front of their team to take that. Run roster spot there's going to be a couple of different cases where that's possible here as they yeah. get into this roster yeah not at o-line necessarily but there are other positions where that is definitely in play that would leave on the outside uh lamont gallier desmond noel devin cocker and nate gilliam all guys that will be trying to find a practice squad mm-hmm. spot for them so that's the o-line portion of this which is obviously a, a very interesting one so we'll see how that plays out um another one that is all of a sudden interesting jay the quarterback position. No, no, not that guy. Yeah, that guy's fine. Joe Burrow's fine. Um, so Jake Browning has played well. He played particularly well tonight. Um, you know, he go, comes out and he ends up 19 of 24 for 173 yards, throws a touchdown, 111, 110.6 rating. Uh, Brandon Allen was fine, 11 of 15 for 130, um, a long of 38, rating of about 100. I mean, they were similar. And, and throughout the preseason, their stat lines are eerily similar, too. Uh, yards per attempt, seven, Allen, seven. Browning 7.1, rating Allen 92.4, Browning 91.4. Browning had a touchdown, no interceptions. Allen had no touchdowns, no interceptions. Completion percentage slightly to Allen was 73.7 to 65.6, but he was sacked more. And Browning rushed for more yards. He's a little more mobile back there. We saw that a lot lot as as (laughs) as he had to run for his life. How much would something like that matter? So, But I think we've kind of been under the assumption that Brandon now in his relationship with Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. what you've seen him kind of do in the couple times he's been thrown into games in the past, all would kind of help him solidify this job. And I don't think we really thought there was much of a doubt to it. But just to check in, after Browning playing well, I asked how he thought he played, and Zach was obviously very, very um, complimentary the way he played and pointed out in the last drive where they scored a touchdown. It's like, all I did was keep calling passes, and he kept yeah. making the plays. And so I said, well, is, is Brandon Allen the backup? And he had 49 words in that answer. None of them was yes. Now, 
I want to stop, push, pump the brakes on this for a second before we debate it. I don't, you don't expect him to say yes. He, his, his first point was they're in a, they're in a competition. Mm. Uh, they have been in a competition. So he's not going to want to – I understand him not wanting to say who won the competition in the immediate aftermath of a game. Yeah. Uh, even if he kind of knows it. But if they already knew coming into the day like Brandon's our guy, there would not necessarily have been a harm in saying, look, Brandon's our guy. His mm-hmm. point is it is something that they're going to have to decide. So I think the point of this is they've got to go back and evaluate this. And I wonder what they'll say when they actually sit down this weekend and evaluate it. I mean, I, I, I still think it's Brandon Allen, but it, Jake Browning has made this really, really interesting. And I, I, I wonder – where the the key piece is there because he has Brandon Allen started games in this league. He's won games in this league. Jake Browning has never played in a real in a regular season NFL game. It's just it, you didn't expect this to be this close, and it is. And you're right. There, they when you when you cut a guy, you want it to come from you. And so he wasn't going to say anything. Um, if they hadn't told Jake yet, I mean, there would be no reason to tell him in the immediate aftermath of the game. So I, I see why why Zach didn't say that. But you're right. If it's already kind of a foregone conclusion, there would have been no harm in saying that. So it it was an interesting non-answer. Um, but I'm I'm still leaning I, I, for my 53. I've still got Brandon Allen as the backup. I do too. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I think I still think it inevitably ends up being him, and they would really like to get Browning onto their practice squad, yes. and 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 keep him there as as an option, and keep developing him, and really like who he who he is. And Jay, you had a, your story on Von Bell. We talked about mm-hmm. where he Browning goes into that those DB rooms, right, and yeah. is kind of a you know, a sounding board for them and has really opened eyes in that room too. Yeah. And, and I mean, and with the receivers too, he's just, he's, it's a, he has a football mind. He is going to be a coach if he wants to be um, when, when his playing days are over. And he is a, a, a very important, or he has a very important role on this team. Um, go Tuesday, day off. And he's in there with the DBs, giving the offensive perspective and helping them with their extra work. It's just, it's it's really really interesting. You want more guys like that on your team? Um, and yes, if, if if it goes the way we expect, then absolutely, Jake's on this practice squad. There's no question about that. But we'll, we'll see where it ends up on Tuesday because it's not the lock that we thought it was. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. 
tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. We go down and look at running back. I mean, running back, I think it's kind of an interesting one when we get into running back because, you know, you've got Mixon, obviously, Pirine, Evans, and... Travion Williams, maybe. Jaquez Patrick um, is not going to make the team. Do you keep three running backs? Do you add the fourth running back? Did you see enough from Travion Williams to try to keep him on this team? You know, the other side of this is, I, you know, I, I wrote this as well on, on Friday. Chris Evans had a massive opportunity this month. Yeah. And and he did some good things. And certainly as a kicker turner, they, they love what he is. Mm-hmm there and we know what he is as a receiver he he has not quite taken the step they hoped for as a runner and and as a pass protector i mean i I think he's done well enough and there's and it's there's going to be nuance here in what that third down role looks like i think there's going to be a role for him but the idea that the deck was cleared i mean smaj p ryan didn't take uh, offensive snap this entire preseason. They they said Evans go out there and show that you can be really really good, and you know he bounces everything and that's caused some holding calls on the line on some of his runs and a lot of them a lot of them actually <laughs> and all his good runs have been called back for that fact and and you know I don't think they've felt that it's he's been really dynamic as a pass protector necessarily. And so you end up back into a, okay, well, we'll continue to find that role for you and utilize it. But he hasn't overtaken it where you could see, okay, what are they going to do? Will they make a move with Pirine or something? Four running backs is going to be interesting to me. If Travion makes it uh, and that connects with the wide receiver room, who they for five straight years have kept seven around here. Yeah. And every year is Zach Taylor. And it, it, it signs due point towards them just – keeping six so what happens is does that is that where the extra spot comes from if you only keep six receivers do you go for the fourth running back yeah because i mean travion williams when when he was active last year or five games he was active he played special teams he played a decent amount of special teams in the preseason this year he does give you that value but he's not irreplaceable on special teams that's basically all he's giving you i mean i could i could see them only going with three but where do you need the extra spot seven receivers feels more like a luxury than a need and i'm not sure where else they would feel like they needed to they really need to go heavy um so i i've got travion making it i i don't i think it's more of the ancillary stuff around him more so than than what he's done to to show promises if there's injuries he can step in there and be a key running back no doubt um so so we'll see i I, i'm with you i i but it can kind of go either way i tend to think they wouldn't have a problem getting him back on their ps i don't think that there's going to be teams lining up for travion williams and maybe that's a factor in why he doesn't make it that could be a factor in a lot of why some of these guys they're trying to find ways to keep as many people in their program that they like as possible and that can mean some people that they maybe like more than others not making the team Mm -hmm. because they're easier to get 
back into their system and keep around. I mean, we saw so much of them with the ability to easily elevate off the practice squad onto the onto the regular roster, um, the up and down that you can do now. And they took advantage of that in recent years. Uh, last year in particular, Trent Taylor was a perfect example. Towards yeah. the end of the season, they kept calling him up off the PS over and over again. That can be a big factor in there. In the other side, so the receivers – Chase Higgins Boyd and the reserves being Mike Thomas, Stanley Morgan, and Trent Taylor. I don't think there's any debate about that order three and then the next three. Yeah. Trent Irwin, I you know, he had a nice night tonight. He always seems to play well in the preseason. They like him. Kwame Lasseter, another nice night tonight. Kendrick Pryor, another nice night tonight. These three levels are really solid. Levels and the mid, maybe the middle, you'd like to have a little bit more dynamic. You'd like to have a little bit more dynamic between Morgan and Taylor, but Morgan gives you so much as a special teamer and as a culture guy. Trent Taylor, you know, he's a punt returner, yeah, not a one trick pony. He does have value as a backup slot if something happens to Tyler Boyd, but you're right, that's his primary job is to return punts. I mean, I, I, I would, I don't. I've not been put under the impression that Pryor, Lasseter are gonna make this are gonna make it fifty three. They yeah. are prime developmental practice squad guys that could definitely be a part of your team if anything happened to anybody. And they proved that. Yeah. I mean they they proved they belong. I don't know what the hell was going on at Wisconsin with Kendrick Pryor, but that dude can play. They just never threw the ball. They did. <laughs> <laughs> Should have maybe considered it when they had Kendrick Pryor, who's a, who's a really nice little player. Um, so we'll we'll see how that all plays out. I mean, I, I again, I think you could see a good amount of these guys all still in the program uh, in some capacity when this is all said and done. They, I think, they'd love to have a more dynamic Trent Taylor, a more dynamic yeah. returner, and maybe give you a little bit more as a backup slot guy. If that guy becomes available on a waiver wire or some kind of a trade option, maybe they would consider that. But I think they're okay with what he is. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, Lasseter had the chance to be that more dynamic Trent Taylor, and he muffed a punt tonight. He ran backwards on the other one he fielded. And then the other thing is, too, you got Irwin, Lasseter, and Pryor. If you have one of those guys, then a bunch of just meh wide receivers, then maybe you do go seven because you're really scared that they could get claimed on waivers. You've got three. If, if one or two of those gets claimed, you still have another one there. It just it feels like the, the three starters are set, the three backups are set, and then these are the, those three guys are going to be on the practice squad. Exactly. Now let's get in the tight end, uh, which is kind of murky. Yeah. Uh, because you've got Hayden Hurst, obviously. Drew Sample will be back soon enough. I think they expect him to be back for the opener, mm-hmm. probably. Um, at least he, said, he says he expects to be back for the opener. The Mitchell Wilcox injury, we don't really totally know what to make of how that's going to be. Uh, Thad Moss did not have a great night tonight. He had a really bad drop on a ball up the seam. That was a nice pass from Browning. Um, really, maybe, maybe his best throw of the night. Yeah, on the money, right up the seam, and hit Moss right in the hands, and he dropped it. And he's had obviously penalties uh, that have been an issue for him too. Um, You know, Eubanks and Rig are not going to do anything for them. They're not going to make the team, so they're in the market for a third or fourth, whatever they want to look at at tight end. Um, 
they could keep two tight ends, I guess, uh, potentially. I, I don't yeah. see that. I think Darren Simmons would stand up and say, are you freaking kidding me? Right. It, because he he leaned so heavily on that room. It's why Mitch Wilcox made the team last year because he played well um, as a special teamer. So, And that was a surprise make of the team at that point. I don't see Rig, Eubanks, or Moss – having a similar Wilcox effect this year where they would surprise. I think they're in the market. I think they're yeah. looking for somebody that could come in and potentially do that. Um, but for now, her sample Wilcox is is certainly the leader in the clubhouse there. Yeah, Wilcox, we don't know his injury. Um, that It wouldn't be a huge risk to cut him and then hope to bring him back once you put someone on IR. But there is still a little bit of a risk there. And you're right, Darren Simmons is not going to want to take that risk. Because he really likes Mitchell Wilcox as a player yes. uh, on his on his team's unit. Uh, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, defensive line, uh, 10 traditionally the number there. Um, you, but you know it doesn't have to be. I mean, you can have mm-hmm. you could you could go short uh, there and just just go with nine if you needed to. But you've got Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, BJ Hill, and Sam Hubbard as your starting four. Um, Josh Tupo who, you know, is safe. Zach Carter, the third-round pick, who had a really nice play tonight, a strip sack, just whipping his dude in front of him uh, from the three-technique position, which is exactly what they wanted to see uh, from him. He looks like more than a uh, serviceable backup for B.J. Hill at that three-tech. Osai, you know, is making the team. Sample's making the team. Jeff Gunter probably making the team. You know, he came on strong early in camp. And certainly a great story, um, who he is, and they like his energy. Um, he wasn't as productive in these last couple of games as he was um, early on in camp and in that first game. Does he hold on? Khalid Kareem, you know, he had a hamstring that popped up this week that kept mm-hmm. him out of stuff. He's fought injuries seemingly his entire time here. Fifth round pick a couple of years ago. Had that huge play in Denver last year. So he's he's got there's some faith in who he could be. What happens between Gunter, Kareem? Do they keep both? Do they keep one? Do they how that falls is going to be an interesting piece of this of this 53 between those two right now. Yeah, I've got Gunter making it. They always talk about it's the entire body of work. And, yes, he hasn't been as productive these last two games, but he was really good in those joint practices. The day I watched the defense, yeah. he was in the backfield a lot. I, I think that will go a long way. And it, it, that's a guy that you do wonder because he came on so well as a late-round pick. Would he be someone that's plucked? I've got him making it. Kareem here is the big the big wild card because I do think with that hamstring injury, he's an IR candidate where maybe they carry him through the 53, then put him on the IR and that lets you pull somebody back um, at another position. So he could be one of those that stays on maybe as a considered a lesser player where somebody who they like better, but they think they could definitely cut and bring Bring back back. could be part of it. Again, there's a lot of roster gymnastics that are going to happen next week. So the original 53 is never the full 53. It's always sort of an organic work in progress. And that's not just this week. That's throughout the entire year, uh, particularly as much as you can go up and down, but that'll be interesting to watch Tyler Shelvin has you know it, it busted yeah you know I just don't think it, it, it works there for him uh, maybe I, I don't see him making the team I don't maybe they try to bring him back maybe they just cut bait and say that's enough for last year's um, 
fourth round fourth round pick. pick yeah. yeah. Um, and so Noah Spence also who's had his moments yeah, too. Um, a guy they added could be a practice squad type guy. Um, to, uh, Tisdale, Johnson, Davis, um, all guys that potentially could end up on a PS uh, but wouldn't be making the team. Linebackers. I'm most comfortable with this selection of players to know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I think this would be the most stunning if it didn't end like this. Wilson and Pratt are your starters. Uh, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Marcus Bailey, and Clay Johnston are going to be your next three as the backups. And uh, you'll see Joe Batchy go on PUP as he's still coming back from his uh, ACL. And then potentially somebody to practice squad, Keandre Jones, Clarence Hicks, T. Gray Scales um, will be let go. Um, we'll see if they come back. But I, you know, that's a good. That's a good group. Yeah, it's a good group. It's a young group. They're they're productive. <laughs> Clay Johnston, you know, certainly was productive. <laughs> uh, they've all had really nice moments, and uh, you really like your starters there. Good room, solid group, um, and that feels set pretty set for me. The only question there for me is Batchy, where. Earlier in the week, they put Brandon Wilson on pup and not Batchy. And Batchy's ACL was five weeks after Brandon Wilson. Now, they only had to clear up one roster spot, so maybe that's why that happened. But who knows? Maybe Batchy is closer to coming back, and he would not be a pup candidate. He might – well, yeah, he will be because he hasn't done anything yet. He, he could be ready to go, but he's not going to be able to jump in there and, and be a key contributor. He'll need these pup weeks to – work his way back to up. ramp up and also yeah. pup is not as long as it used to be on yeah, it's, it's only four weeks so you he would have a month to get back and you have five guys in front of him that yeah. you're all comfortable with being able to play the idea that you're gonna have that kind of uh you know total destruction of the linebacker room would be kind of like it was at times last year but uh <laughs> you know you don't think you're gonna have that so I, I i would expect him to end up on pup the the four week helps him there i yeah. would think too uh, all right, let's get into DBs. Uh, your starters, Chidibe Uzie, uh, Mike Hilton, Eli Apple, Von Bell, Jesse Bates. Uh, then you get into backups, Dax Hill, who, who didn't even play because they are just loving what he has been as he starts to figure out what his new role is going to be. Trey Flowers, Cam Taylor Britt, who has this core injury that he had surgery on, uh, Tyson Anderson, and then Michael Thomas, Uncle Mike. Uh all in that gives you 10. The interesting thing here is Jalen Davis being out as your backup slot. Well, you technically have five safeties here and five DBs, which isn't traditionally the way it goes. Traditionally, you'll see six corners and four safeties. But Dax Hill's flexibility makes it sort of like five, four, and one. Yeah. Or can kind of check both boxes for you where you feel like you do have because Dax Hill would be your backup slot uh, and he also would be your first backup at safety he, he just because he can do so much it allows you to keep someone who is great on special teams and great for culture and experienced vet like Michael Thomas in the room Keep him in the building as someone who can do a lot of different things for you if you need be and not have to cut or you know Think about doing something with Tyson Anderson, who's inexperienced, and you know he probably would be inactive most weeks. Yeah, um, until he gets a little bit more uh, time. And Cam Taylor Britt 
could be a pull through IR return as well with the core thing. There's going to be a lot of gymnastics probably happening in that room. If you did that with Cam Taylor Britt, you could bring Jalen Davis back a second time, or maybe they Mm -hmm. trade for a corner or something like that. There's a lot of different options here. Yeah, Jalen Davis seems like the logical swap in if Cam Taylor Britt goes on IR, but Alan George has had a really good training camp and he's he's played well in games he's had issues in games too and every time i ask lou anarumo about him he's he's very reluctant to offer a lot of praise but you see that a lot with coaches and rookies um i do think that's going to be a one-for-one swap if cam taylor brick goes on ir they're just going to raise up jalen day or bring jalen davis and put him on the 53 again cornerback definitely a position to watch if you're looking for this year's bj hill yeah. uh type of acquisition for Billy Price like we saw a trade at this time last year because I, I think they're a little uncomfortable with the depth of the cornerback room mm-hmm. at this moment. Um, and that brings us to finish on specialists. So Evan McPherson obviously is good. Uh, we think Clark Harris has made the team and beaten out Cal Adamitis for the long snapper job. And then there's the punter battle. Drew Chrisman and Kevin Huber kind of had – we had the, the last – stage of that you know tonight um zach taylor opted to send out all the cincinnati guys for the coin toss Mm -hmm. and i i don't i'm not i don't know this uh this isn't late night speculation (laughs) like i did crazy stuff last time but it does feel like uh would really like to send kevin huber out there for the coin toss tonight but I don't want to do it and make it look like I'm sending Kevin Huber alone right. out for the coin toss tonight. And so sending all the Cincinnati guys out there with Hubbard and Scales and Noel and, and that whole crew. And Carmen, which is not Carmen. normally someone you would send out in a captain role. And I, no. you're right. That's why I think that, that, that you're, you're exactly on point here. Because that we've got all these Cincinnati guys. Yeah. Let's just feature that and say that's why. Um felt like maybe that was the case. We've thought that Chrisman has had this job, just the leg that he has alone. Um, it's just a di- kind of a difference maker in mm-hmm. between the two. Um, they're, they're, and the, it just does seem when you listen to Darren Simmons this week and kind of read through the tea leaves of everything he's saying there, it feels like uh, Chrisman will get this job. We saw him bang a 65-yarder for a touchback tonight, 45 net, yeah. a huge kick. And you saw that him having that weapon – is just, I think, going to be end up being kind of what ends up being the decision here. Yeah, and another one, he had a 42-yard punt where you would say, oh, that's not very good. But Darren Simmons has been hammering him about more hang time, less distance, more hang time, fair catches are good. He skied that. I didn't see the exact hang time. He skied it. That's why it was only 42 yards, and it did result in a fair catch. It was almost like he was showing Darren, hey, I, I can do this. Felt like it was his job to lose tonight. He did not lose it. Yeah, did not lose it. And so we'll see if that's the way it goes. If it does, I'll be curious to see what Kevin Huber wants to do. I tend to think that maybe he would just retire and, uh, you know, be a legend uh, of this franchise. But if he's looking for a job, there's a couple of spots. One close by. Indianapolis, Buffalo, who Buffalo uh, letting go of uh, Matt Areza, uh, who – was showed up in a civil suit uh, for rape allegations, and they let him go. So they're in the they are in the market for a punter, and then there was an Achilles tear uh, for the Colts punter, and so they're in the market too. So you've got a couple of places uh, that would be looking, and you would think maybe uh, if if it does end up being Huber who's let go, um, 
that he could play another year if he wanted to. He could commute to Indy. He, he could commute to Indy. Wouldn't even really have to worry about it. Just get a get a little place in downtown that he can stay at, maybe halfway or something like that. You stay in Batesville. Uh, so, uh, all right. So that's kind of the 53. Again, 4 o'clock on Tuesday. Uh, we will find out how all of this falls. And after all that goes down, uh, we will talk to Zach Taylor. And then we'll talk to you. We'll have uh, we'll have our next podcast after that. Just one next week with no game and kind of the down week before the season gets started. We'll be working on some bigger projects. Uh, and we'll have the podcast for you after cuts. Talk a little bit about that and talk a little bit as we get closer to the season. Reminder, Thursday before the season starts, Thursday before the season starts, the night of Rams-Bills kicking off the season. We are doing our live show at 50 West Come on down, have beers. We're going to have uh, all of us in the, the local media here are going to come down and we'll be all on the mics talking about the Bengals, talking about the season, uh, players that we like predictions you name it uh we had a great time doing this last year big crowd we're really looking forward to doing it again optimistic bobby will be there of course uh and it's going to be a great time and we'll hang out and watch the game in the beer garden afterwards uh which is going to be always a great time too we'll hang out and drink if you want to hang out with us uh and say hello give it we'll do some toast some cheers all the good stuff jay will take you up on a game of sam volleyball one-on-one real quick uh all of that will be going on so we hope to see you down there uh if you can make it uh, that'll wrap us up. I think so. Thank God the preseason's over. Yes. September 11th, Steelers at Bengals at Paycor Stadium. That'll be the next walkout that we do. Thank God. Can't wait. Uh, we will talk to you on Tuesday. Have a good one, everybody. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.